This week on the Pre-Rail Podcast, we have Yosef Lee, amazing story, immigrant who came to the country at the age of 17, built up a great practice. He became a successful litigation attorney, but was trading time for money and felt that the American dream had more than even this dream that he was already living and had built relatively quickly. Through Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, Bigger Pockets, of course, uh, he had that moment where he had decided he no longer wanted to trade time for money. And from 2020 to 2022, Yosef Lee has acquired over 1,100 units in the multifamily space as both JV and syndicator. Yosef Lee, this week, it's a great show, wonderful guy out there crushing it, shares a lot of tips and, and inside information on how he built the plan to get the deals done. Don't miss it, Yosef Lee, this week's Pre-Real Podcast. Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Pre-Real Podcast. We're joined today by Yosef Lee. Yosef has a, a, a fascinating story, in, at least uh, as I've perceived it. Um, Yosef is a self-described strategic planner, action taker, entrepreneur, wannabe. Um, he has a litigation background as an attorney, an avid real estate investor. And folks, the reason I, I, I wanted to have Yosef on, and I, I want the folks to pay close attention to today's show. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna lead with the punchline. In the last two years, essentially, Yosef has gone from zero to 1,100 units as a GP. That, to me, is absolutely remarkable. So, Yosef, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Thank you very much, James, for having me. I'm very excited um, to be on this show. and know uh, this is very renowned, um, very well-known real estate podcast show. So I'm very happy to be here. No, I appreciate that. And, and it's it's having guests like you on that have, have helped us build the audience. So um, we, we typically like to start, Yosef, with some background, right? Uh, people don't wake up and, and uh, they're not born as real estate investors. So can you give the folks a little bit of, of history? Um, my understanding is that you are uh, the son of an immigrant um, father and uh, just walk the folks through your journey up until the point that you started to invest. Sure, sure. So um, as you said, I'm a son of, well, not son of an immigrant. I'm immigrant myself. So I came here when I was uh, 17 almost like a couple of months shy of being 18 years old. So as soon as I came here in the U.S., everything was like a shock, right? Culture shock. And I had no friends. So I had to make new friends, new language and everything. So every day, ever since I came, my life has been all about proving myself in a new country, right? Trying to get better version of myself every day as much as possible. I think I achieved some goals, but also, you know, had many mistakes. But, you know, I learned the lessons and moved on. So 
Uh, fast forward, I became an attorney after graduating uh, school, worked for years, and I became an attorney looking to become a, a, a you know, professional, making the monies, living a good life. And uh, doing this for a couple of years, I started realizing that by nature of my job, I am trading my time for money. And I was started thinking like, is that the, the job that I want to live for the rest of my life, right? The way that it works. Okay, you're making some monies, but is, is what, what next, right? So I started looking to, you know, the options and where I could sort of take the control of my time back. And I started uh, just doing some research myself. And that's around when I stumbled upon the book, uh, Reach Dead and Poor Dead by Robert Kiyosaki. It's the blue, uh, the purple Bible, right? And that book just changed my mindset upside down. Like, wow, this is so simple, yet so powerful. No one really taught me about this. So that's when I started looking into uh, some creating some passive income streams and didn't know much about it. So I tried a little bit of REITs. Uh, REITs and I started a little bit of trying a little bit of mutual funds and stocks whatnot and I stumbled upon real estate and as I delved into more uh, into it I stumbled upon something called multifamily and the benefits that multifamily uh, investing offers was just no-brainer not to take so throughout 2019 I started doing self-education by going to biggerpockets.com and then I started listening to the podcast, like people like uh, Michael Blanks and uh, Grant Cardone. Those are the first two people I listened to. And, you know, I started dreaming about being a real estate investor, a multifamily real estate investor. And the, the, the fact that I'm from New York uh, got me into a limiting beliefs, like, oh, like, how can I find a big multifamily as an, and as an individual, not as an uh, institutional level? and become an, an owner of a building like that. And uh, okay, let's see if I could start finding something, not in New York, but maybe somewhere else, New Jersey and Connecticut. I started looking to other states, but still expensive. Still, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, just something that I could, I thought I could because I'm not gonna be there a uh, whole time to look after the property. So these are all uh, the limiting beliefs that I had in the beginning. But through uh, proper education, through meeting, uh, through networking with right people and making a right partnership, I was able to uh, crush that limiting beliefs. And, and fast forward, starting from uh, February uh, 2020, I joined a mentorship group, two of them. One is MIH Mastermind. The other one is Jake and Gino, uh, multifamily investor group. And I met all my partners there, did the right education, and then, um, yeah, I ended up doing my very first deal in December 2020. That was the 44-unit uh, multifamily in Kansas with six of us as a joint venture deal. So we, we covered a lot of ground there. Thank you for, for the background. At the age of 17, you came to the States. Can you just spend a minute or two on the driving uh, motivators for that move? That had to be scary as all hell, right? Coming to a new place and having no base to step into. What were the motivating factors that that said, okay, Joseph, it's time to, to do this? Mm -hmm. Well, as scary as it was, at the same time, it was very fascinating because, look, I'm in a new place. 
this this is this is a lend called lend out opportunity. So and I was young. I thought I thought I could make huge something huge in this new country and impact. So that was my driving factor every day. Like I said, being a better version of myself every day. Like, okay, no matter what it is, let's let's try to learn something new and try to find the goals, try to find the visions, and see if I could, um, you know, make something happen here in this new country. That was uh, very initial driving factors before I got married and having kids. So you're you're here, um, and we all seem to fall into this pattern. Um, where not all of us, but many, many, many of us fall into the pattern where we are trading time for money. We're not even aware that we're doing it, right? We believe that we're crushing and we're doing well. You're an accomplished litigation attorney. I'm sure that you're you're doing well, and and you're starting to pull together this American dream that you spoke about. And then you read uh, Kiyosaki's book and and Rich Dad Poor Dad over and over and over. Every single investor of scale that I've spoken to, that book has played, including my own journey, a pivotal role in taking concepts that these are not complicated concepts. This is not stuff that's in the abstract. This is stuff that we know right? It's there, but we're not aware of it. We know it, but we're not aware of it. Right. And until you've gone through that book, uh, and it, it is the Purple Bible, as you said, this is a book I revisit every single year now. Um, it is absolutely imperative. If you haven't picked that book up yet, folks, it, it will profoundly change your mindset. It, it speaks a lot about trading time for money, a lot about these limiting beliefs that Yosef is talking about. And it opens your eyes to this whole other world that for whatever reason, we're not taught, <clears throat> taught as we come up through the education system, right? It's just not part of the curriculum anywhere. So we it's fall not. into these roles and we become kind of robots. And, and you have these moments where um, bigger pockets is another resource that is we see over and over and over again, folks have relied on. Uh, you decide that you know you're having some success, but it's not the success you want, and you're going to work on building this portfolio. Now, that is one piece of the mindset, and that is one step to acquire, to join the groups, to source the capital, to learn the markets, to close the deals, to put the management structure in. There's an awful lot that goes into these syndications as a GP. As an LP is a, is a different story, but as a GP, there's a heck of a learning curve there. Can you talk a little bit about, or a lot about some specific things, the level of intentionality that was required for you to execute this plan. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So, so first mindset, like I said, in the beginning, even if I had, I had made the decision to go into multifamily investing, still had a limiting beliefs, right? And uh, like I just mentioned a couple, but you know, no way I can invest outside of my backyard because I was looking into further away from New York and how can I trust others, right? You need lots of money to start with. And I should probably start small, like single or duplex, but for going to big multifamily. Or maybe education is a cost, you know, things like that. It's all, they're all limiting beliefs like that. And everyone should have that same, uh, at least if you're in a similar situation as I am in New York, in a capital place where there's not much thing to do and, and as far as multifamily goes as an individual level. 
um, the first thing I did was the education, right? I call it, I, I did three things in a very simple way, E-N-A, right? Education and networking and actions. So education-wise, I knew I wouldn't know what I wouldn't, what I didn't know at the time if I don't, you know, actively search for the, for, for uh, better education, right? I know there were a lot of stuff I was listening to for free podcasts and, uh, you know, YouTube videos and all that. But I, I, as I was doing it for a couple of months, I started realizing that I was not really taking any actions. I thought I was taking actions. I thought because I was reading, I was actually searching the contents through YouTube and I was listening. I consider that at the time to be an action. Oh, so I'm doing a lot. But if you really think about it, it's not really an action. You're just passively absorbing the information that's out there. So you need to do more than that. So my, um, my, uh, so I ended up determining, okay, I got to join a mastermind or some sort of mentorship group to, to, you know, get better education and also have that exclusive network. Cause I was able to see as I was doing some education, you know, people do deals. People say, okay, let's do deals someday. You meet somebody on biggerpockets.com and you always say, Hey, nice to meet you. We'll do, we'll do a deal someday, but do you really do the deal that way? Maybe you could, you can, but to me, seemingly the deals are being closed by people who are within that close proximity. I, I noticed some people, they do the deal together because they're in breast, some rock group. They're doing deal together because they're on their uh, Michael Blanks group. So I'm like, huh, maybe I should join one of the, one of the groups out there to expedite my, my game. Right. So I vetted a couple, I ended up joining uh, Jake and Gino because their story kind of resonated with me. They're from New York, uh, pizza restaurant owner and, and uh, you know, the pharmaceutical representative of a company and they left New York and built the empire. So that storyline just resonated with me. So I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to join that group. So I joined. So education started. Oh, and another thing, this is probably another mindset. Um, if you're uh, in the, on the fence of deciding whether to join a mastermind or a mentorship group or not, I'll tell you about how my mindset changed. So I was asking a lot of questions to a lot of people that I met on biggerpockets.com. 80% of people told me, look, Yosef, I understand that you want to join a group, but let me tell you, whatever that you're going to be learning from uh, these groups, you can learn for free from YouTube uh, or, or podcast, listening to podcasts or just by reading some books. Um, why don't you just spare that money and actually use that money to do your own deals and learn from there. I'm like, huh, this guy's has a point, right? <laughs> okay. That's a good point. And I was talking to this uh, rest 20% of people and they were like, yo, Sev, you got to join. It's must join. You're going to meet a lot of people, amazing people. You're going to be partnering up with them. You're going to be within their exclusive network. I'm like, huh? Okay. So this guy has a point as well. So I was thinking and, and uh, you know, just, just, just giving a lot of thought because it's not, you know, cheap program, right? It's mm -hmm. a couple of, uh, you know, $20,000, $30,000 at the time. So I'm like, okay, let's think. So I considered all, all the factors out there and decided to join based on the two reasons. One, by then I had already decided to become a multifamily investor, not single family duplex, right? So saving twenty, thirty thousand dollars, although it's a it's a big money, it's a it's a lot of money, 
I uh, thought that it wouldn't do much at any at all, right? Because we're talking about millions and millions of dollars of multifamily investing, like saving 20, 30 grand, what, what are you gonna do with that, right? So that was uh, how I thought about that. And secondly, all the multifamily deals are, to me, it looks like actively being closed by these people from 20% of that, as opposed to this 80% of people. So I'm like, you know what? I'll listen to that guy's and suppose <laughs> this guy's because they're, they're producing the results. So I joined. So if, I mean, it's a simple reason, but if you're on the fence of deciding it, just think about it. The, the language, first of all, is different. They're saying, oh, you're going to be learning that for free. You know, that's just uh, free contents out there. And uh, you could start small things like that. But uh, against that, these group of people were saying, you're going to meet amazing partners. You're going to meet amazing people, the network. So I loved the fact that they were putting the people first as opposed to free contents. Because yes, it's true. Education is education. And you will probably, even if you join, you probably think that, oh, this is stuff that I could also, you know, get free from, from YouTube. But it's not just only that. It's, it's the network that comes with it. And also the support that you're going to get. Because this is a long-term journey. You're not going to be just doing one deal and done, right? You're going to be doing multiple deals. And this is not a flipping or wholesaling where you can probably do one or more deals per month and yourself. No, this is, we're talking about at least 20, 30, 40 units to 100 units apartment where you will never be able to do it alone. So you need that support. I didn't have that support from my friends because in New York, you're in New York, right? Yeah. We, we now, when it comes to real estate investing in New York, at least from my, among my friends, it's buying maybe single or duplex and just sits on it for like next couple of five, five or seven years, crazy appreciation. And you sell it, you make a chunk of money and then, and then you pay tax and then what? You, it, it's gone. Yeah. You got to do it again. But guess what? The price is already up. <laughs> right? Yep. So no one understood this multifamily syndication concept among my friends. So I was kind of lonely at the time because like they were like, are you sure this is like legit business model? You sure this is not a scam? I'm like, you know, I believe in it, but they just they just didn't know, right? They didn't have any proof of concept. So so in other words, you have that support from these groups. They all understand what you're trying to achieve, what you need, and what, what you're missing as puzzles, right? So I joined, as soon as I joined, I started networking crazy. Uh, and luckily, as it, it was a dis the pandemic was disguised blessing for me. Uh, I joined these groups in February of 2020, right? That, right after that pandemic came and shut down everything. I was so eager to go out and meet real estate people, but I couldn't because I was not allowed to go out. But you know what? I found out about Zoom. I didn't know about Zoom before. But after pandemic, I learned about Zoom and I learned that people started taking this uh, Zoom call more seriously than before, right? Before, who would think that we'll do business over Zoom, right? <laughs> but, but the pandemic made a game changer uh, factor into into this whole like you know uh, video conferencing. So I I started doing a lot of networking calls, and I had a lot of time back then because I didn't have to work for a good six months. I had no work, so all I did was educating myself in real estate, 
secondly, doing a lot of networking calls like this one-on-one Zoom calls, I, I counted and stopped around 200 calls in 2020. So literally, I did more than 200 calls in 2020 from early to, to the late 2020 looking for partners. I met all my partners through that group, that and MIH Mastermind. And then, uh, yeah, out of that, we, we did deals together until today. Sorry, it got so, too long. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's, it's all relevant, right? That's, you, you touched on so many important pieces here. So it's, it's really important for you as an investor to go out and do your own homework and do your research and make sure that uh, you've got a, a baseline of knowledge, right? These are serious groups. Um, these masterminds, as you had said, they, they're typically uh, somewhat expensive to join, but that's intentional, right? They're, they're happy to help everybody uh, I have found in this, this world, uh, the, the, the multifamily and the, the just real estate investing world in general. They're incredibly gracious. Um, they come from a, a real true place of gratitude. They want to help. They want to teach, but they want to be dealing with people at a certain level, right? They, they don't want to uh, have folks in the group that want to be spoon-fed everything. They want to know that you've gone out, you've done your homework, you've put your time in, you've done your research, and you did it at a time which is a real distinct advantage. When a lot of folks were home feeling sorry for themselves, a lot of people kind of shut down and they were afraid, uh, which is understandable, but they chose to isolate uh, during that, that period of time. And you chose to educate and to grow your network. And, and when you get involved with these groups, after you've done that baseline uh, of study and you understand conceptually what it is that the business is about, you cannot replace the value of the network. You, you find that um, everybody has their own discipline. Everybody has their own gift. Um, it's really easy to stay in your lane and to operate in your gift. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen throughout a deal. There's the sourcing of the deal. There's arranging of the seed money, arranging of the debt. There's the structure of the deal itself. There's the operations. There's the upside plan. There's the stabilization, there's the management, right, ongoing. Uh, there's the refi and liquidity event to stabilize the, the asset and pull your capital out. And then there's ongoing management at that level. Uh, and we all can't be uh, aces at every one of these categories. And when you get into these groups, you find that there are specialists in the different areas and the different disciplines. And they're not looking to do what you do and you're not looking to do what they do. Uh, they understand the, the model. They understand the benefits of multifamily investing. And all of a sudden you, you find folks that are uh, action oriented people. They've got a good base of knowledge and they're in there networking, looking for folks that can execute their piece of the deal. So uh, you, you've done your homework, you're in your groups. Your first deal, uh, let's talk a bit about that. Your first deal was in Kansas. You closed it in December of 2020. How did you find that deal? So this deal uh, came to us through one of our partners who knew. So one of our partners, my boots underground partner who lives in Kansas, his friend knew the seller. The seller was, I think, then wanted to go bigger. So he wanted to get rid of the property. He's been, I think, owning that property for decades. 
the no no uh no debt uh it's he was just owning it for free debt free um he wanted to get rid of it and go bigger or else he was he wanted to retire something like that it's either one of the reasons um and uh you know because he knew the friend of one of my partners and we were able to just offer without competing with any other parties they they liked our teams and um the seller said uh you know what i want to sell this property to you uh one condition is that you need to close within uh year 2020 that was i think around september so we said yes we'll love to close within 2020 so yeah that's how the deal came to us through uh it's also through network then right if bottom line is network we knew the person who knew the seller and he came to us so that that's one of the biggest questions and places where people get stuck how am i going to find the deals and in if we're we're from the big markets la new york chicago miami where it's incredibly expensive to penetrate uh your market uh this is how you do it so the sourcing was was handled by a partner now who put the cap stack together for the deal so this first deal was joint venture six of us so we had to raise the deal um the the purchase price was 1. I believe 1.75ish right and it was 44 units um so imagine 44 units 1.75 new york Oof. no way I mean, not even not maybe 3 units right <laughs> yeah maybe but but yeah this this property is is in a c class area workforce housing uh well i'll say c plus not like a D area, but it's still nice C plus area. The seller was owning it for debt free, so he didn't bother pushing the rents for decades. He he was okay with just getting a cash flow, right? So there was huge upside for the property. Um, actually, we had a we had another property that's exactly mirror imaged. So we believe the developer developed eighty eight units and just cut in half in two parcels and sold one to the other. Right, so the that mirror image property, uh, without putting anything much uh, renovation into it, we're at the time we're getting at least two hundred dollars per unit more uh, rent than ours. So we knew that the market rent is at least hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollar more per per unit per month. So we knew that there was a huge upside, and yet the seller didn't put much value into it because it was still cash flowing. He didn't bother. So when we acquired it, um, it was 1.75 million, but we knew there was huge uh, upside to raise the value. So we bought it 1.75 and we had to raise, I believe $650,000 So $650,000. So it was taken care of by among us, uh, the six people. So uh, another interesting limiting belief and, and thing that you hear, uh, if, if the landlord could get more money for the apartments, they would be getting it. Not true. Everybody's circumstance is different. And uh, you find in these deals that there is so much opportunity that often is just not realized because of life circumstance, uh, timing, a number of different factors. Right. So uh, loss to lease to the tune of $150, $200 an apartment has a significant impact when you're talking about 44 units right across the board. You're talking about raising your cash flow by a, a good margin here. Um, yes. Yes, now, totally. And, and just to piggyback upon what you just said, 
by by now doing you know some deals by now i realized what the 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 ideal buyer the sellers are looking for is not the one who offers the the highest amount of money but yep. someone who can close for sure yeah so everyone's got their own pinch points right um and it that's another common misnomer that uh the highest bid wins everyone has you have to understand your seller it is so critically important i'm i'm a deal maker that's my my gift right to understand your counterpart uh, you have to listen and if you listen they will tell you everything that you need to know to negotiate the best deal possible for some people they want surety it's strength of buyer and down payment for some people it's timing they want to be out early or they want to be out later for some people uh, it's a personality thing for some people of course it is price so you know right off of jump street here uh, assuming $200 loss to lease per unit across 44 units that's $96,000 a year in cash flow just from that one improvement right now you take your $96,000 and you extrapolate that over whatever cap rate it is that you want to uh, apply you're talking about uh, almost doubling your value in just that component if you look at it at say like a six six and a quarter cap right you're adding a million and a half dollars in value on just that one little micro adjustment um right so, right you're what you said is what actually happened yeah so uh you know th th these are the things that people hear and they think it's too good to be true it's not real uh, it is real and this is how these deals are getting done now and if you pay attention um, to your portfolio, you can optimize and pull crazy value out of these assets after you close and ongoing as you manage. So your deal is pulled together. You guys source the capital yourself. You go out to the markets, you secure debt, uh, you close by that deadline. What about management? Now what? Okay. Now, so we had, we inherited the management company that the prior seller had and we liked them. So we kept them. And then the management company knew all the tenants already. So we had a rather uh, smooth transition in the beginning. And then we were getting on a call weekly basis with them to make sure our business, uh, our business plans are being executed. And if there has been any problems with delinquencies and all that. So, but in the beginning, um, I believe more than 50% of the tenants were month to month, right? So we had a set of uh, business plan of, replacing the month-to-month -month tenants into uh, long-term lease tenants and by getting a new lease and all that. And so, yeah, but back to your question, management-wise, it was pretty smooth in the beginning. Uh, another, another point I want to make is when it comes to big multifamily, the management company is, is a little different than uh, residential, uh, you know, one family's duplex house management company, right? They know how to manage multiple tenants at once under one roof. So, and then, and then they're more professional level, right? So as, as an owner of the multifamily building, we don't really get involved in day-to-day -day operations. It was, it's done by the property management company that we hire, right? We just set the vision and goals and business plans and make sure they follow and that's being executed. So you're, you're on the ground partner, source the deal. Uh, nothing else required you to, to be in Kansas in any way, shape, or form. 
through a clear vision and an intentional plan, you, you began to execute on the model. You start converting uh, some of the months to months into year or two year leases. Uh, I'm sure you're capitalizing on the upside as you're as you're moving along. One of the great benefits of multifamily is you could recast your rents as frequently as you'd like and subject to your lease. Uh, and and now you move into a, a point where the asset is stabilized and you're going to refi cash out. Yes, so that's actually what happened. Um, so along along the about a year and a half, we were able to raise the average rent about one hundred fifty dollars. Still have upside, but we pushed it to about one hundred fifty dollars. And as you can calculate, um, that area and we call the C area, right? So we we applied about seven percent uh, cap rate there. So if I just run my calculator a little, one hundred fifty dollars times forty four unit, right? times 12 months, $79,200. Yep. Um, and as we know, if we divide this by cat rate, it will give us the value of the property. So if we divide 0 0.07, now, as, as you exactly mentioned, $1.1 million plus value was created just by pushing the average rent $150 per unit. Now, we had a... Uh, uh, the good relationship with the local bank that we got the loan, but we wanted to get onto an agency that so that we could have a long, a lower uh, interest rate and longer uh, balloon terms. So uh, I think we did through a CBRE, we got onto the Fred Mac. So we actually got a lower interest rate for the new loan and a CBRE sent out their own appraiser and the appraiser result came out to be actually they applied lower cap rate uh, because they thought this area is more gentrifying so the, the cap rate we applied was seven percent i think they came up with like a six if not five point nine or something so actually it was a lot more than the value that we expected so we were able to last april 2022 we were able to pull out enough money to return 100% our capital back to all the investors, yet still has some left over. So we've distributed the bonus too. And then, uh, yeah, the property is, is still cash flowing. And See, this is the proof of concept of infinite return, right? I, I knew your numbers and I never saw the deal. Maybe we'll part I on know. the next one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you had to be thrilled, right? This is your first deal. You absolutely smash it. You're you're pulling your, your capital out inside of a year and a half, essentially, uh, plus bonus for distribution. And now the vision is there, right? Now it's it's just... Uh, once you've done your first deal, you could read about it in the book and it, it's here in my, my stack somewhere because I'm constantly going back to it. You know, you read the book, that's one thing, but once you've gone through the actual deal and you pulled money out, say folks, I'm not, I'm not just saying it. It's never too far there away, you go. this book, right? <laughs> uh, once you've actually cashed out and you've, you've gone through it, then you see the difference between trading time for money and not trading time for money and the fire is lit right so from that point you have now added another 1053 units plus or minus 1057 units plus or minus um 
Talk just uh, for a few minutes on what that scale has looked like. Have you formed multiple groups? Is it still the same core group? What's happened in that evolution? So after that first deal, following that March of 2022, uh, uh, March of 2021, I'm sorry, we uh, did our second deal, uh, 68 unit syndication with the same group, as the same core group, having additional secondary partners. So this group, uh, this core group did first JV and three months later, we did first uh, syndication deal, All right? So we experienced, I was fortunate enough to have experienced both. And then thereafter, one of my mentors got me a, a job offer. He, he offered me a part-time position in his real estate company. So I joined his team. He, he was like, I know you're working full-time as an attorney. I don't care whether you work at night or weekends. As long as you get the job done, would you like to join? Love to. I said, of course. So I joined. And with him, um, I started learning as to, uh, you know, how to raise capitals. And also I looked after his companies and uh, creating operating agreements and all that, like some legal stuff, right? So that's how I started adding value to his company. So with him... Uh, he joined with another group. Uh, it's a Sharpline Equity, a great syndication operator out there. So uh, we, as a team, so I have, so I have mainly two teams that I work with. One Sharpline for apartment syndication, and my core team we still do uh, and more focusing on JV structure deals. Right. So with the syndication, as I go in as a partner of the group. I also got a co-GP share from all the deals that Sharpline closed in 2021 and 2022. Just briefly saying, after that first syndication as a core group, 68 unit in, in uh, April, we did 30, uh, 64 unit, May 36, June 72, and then uh, August 131, September 150 units in 2021 alone, 2022, with a 70 in January, 74 and 70, 72 and 76 in April, 108, 115, June and 98, August, like, you know, I, it's, it's all mixed in my head, but that's, that's about how like fast the, the group was moving, syndicating all the deals, raising all the capitals in a day or two. And, um, but again, that's a syndication. I love syndication because JV, you you need many times you need your own capital to be a JV deal and people will not accept you if you're just coming in unless that's very specific value you're adding something like finding the deal itself. Right. Um, and I only have so much money. I can't really do JV all the time. So mm -hmm. uh, syndication is a good way to earn fee because to me, syndication is truly using other people's money and make a fee out of that. And then I love to roll that money into JV deals because I also see different value from JV deals. Um, so I, I love to do both. To me, syndication uh, and JV together, you mentioned about truly, truly uh, trading. No, no, truly taking the time back. Is, is that what you meant? Or freedom yeah. of time? You yeah. definitely mentioned about it. Yes. And no, um, some people think that being an active investor is, is a great thing, but to me, I learned being an active investor 
yes, you can leverage other people's money and other people's time. You will get some time back, but still it's active. Sure. At the same time you're being an active, I want you to become a passive investor as well. You need to, as, as you make money, save money, you need to put that money to work for you. Otherwise, you would always just still work. So I, I love to do both. That's my business plan. I make money from syndication and JV, either cash out, refi, whatever, and fees. I roll that into a passive investing side, either in my own deal, uh, usually, but I also invest in someone else's deal as well. So that at one point, something, God forbid, something happens, I stop being an active investor, still have something coming in. Yeah, it, it's... Uh different strokes for different folks, right? The, it's it's two completely different mindsets, uh, clearly two incredibly different skill sets. Uh, on the active side, the GP side, um, you're, you're actively working, pursuing, and accountable to people uh, for their money. On the passive side, um, you know, you're, you're essentially cutting checks and you're trusting in the team that you're investing in to execute, which is why it's so critically important to make sure you do your homework and you find investors that understand the markets, they're ahead of the trends, they're really actively working it. You know, the, I say this on the show all the time. I've never seen a pro forma that didn't look great, right? Everybody's pro forma looks great. Oh yes, right. But but if you're you, you you're can seasoned, you can make it look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But if you're seasoned, uh, you, you could see through most of it pretty quickly. And if you're not. Make sure that you're with someone that is seasoned that can see through this stuff. Uh, otherwise, that's how people get hurt. Uh, look, Yosef, uh, congratulations on on the success. Yosef, my brosef, it's, it's going to stick with me now. So people can find you at yosefyourbrosef.com. Um, but I, I, I wanted to, uh, in your words, please tell the audience, what is the best way for folks to find you? Uh, I very I try to be very active on social media. So I'm on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Insta, and I, I started doing some TikToks. <laughs> so it's it's funny. I, I, that's whole whole lot of different different social media platform there. But uh, I I started anyway, so that I could I could also get some value out of it. Um, the, all handles are the same. Up tomorrow, Joseph. They are. I mean, we're, we're right, on TikTok. Right. We've, it's been a, a oh, yeah. slow oh, nice. burn, right? But, it, you know, mm -hmm. people start to follow and catch on. And there are some young folks that are really interested in this. And, and you start mm -hmm. building the network and you become a, a, a brand and an entity. And, and I applaud you for it. I think it's great. Yeah. Right, right. Thank you. And also, this, there's only one handle for that. Yosef, you're Brosef. So Y-O-S-C-F, Y-O-U-R, B-R-O-S-E-F. And yeah, and send me the DMs. I love to get on the call and share my experience and share my tips and all that. Yosef, uh, I really appreciate it. As always, folks, all the links, all the information will be down below. Congratulations on an amazing, amazing jumpstart to the career. Uh, we're not too far apart here in New York. Maybe one day we'll get together and we'll get into a deal, uh, you know, uh, on our own. For, for sure. I'd love to, I'd love to grab something and, uh, or eat dinner with you someday. We'll do that. We'll definitely look you up. Yosef Lee, everybody, uh, appreciate the time. As always, folks, please stay safe. 
Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast.